This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. The mark of the beast. What is it? Could it be? Could it be what governments have planned for us? What on earth am I possibly talking about? Well, I don't know if you've heard, there's a lot of controversy about BlackRock, one of the biggest companies in the world. It is an absolute behemoth. It's a monster. The CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, was recently on CNBC, and he had this to say about government-issued digital currency, also known as CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies. Check out this clip. Here's Larry Fink from BlackRock. These are just stepping stones towards tokenization. And I really do believe this is where we're going to be going. We have the technology to tokenize today. If you want to talk about, think about this. If you had a tokenized security and you have a tokenized identity, the moment you buy or sell an instrument, it's known. It's on a general ledger that is all created together. Um, You want to talk about issues around money laundering and all that. This eliminates all corruption by having a tokenized system. Gentlemen, we have the technology. It sounds a little bit like the $6 million man, but in that case, they wanted to rebuild Steve Austin. Could this be a use of technology to maybe, in some ways, tear down the human person? You guys have heard me talk about You might recall me talking about this guy a couple of years ago, Jason DeBolt. He's a legendary investor in Tesla, and he saw the potential of the company a long time ago. He used to sleep in his Tesla. He lived in his Tesla for a long time, totally believed in the company, bought a lot of stock, and when it went parabolic in 2020 he became a multi-millionaire and uh i think his portfolio is and he's pretty public about this is worth eight figures um ebbs and flows but he, he's got an iron stomach he um he said this on twitter he, he saw this clip uh, of larry fink which you just heard from blackrock talking about central bank digital currencies and, and this is what jason debolt said about this i, I want to know if you agree or disagree Here, here's what debolt said quote Nothing will accelerate the world towards a crushing dystopian state than CBDCs. And again, that's central bank digital currencies. They are the logical next step, the next domino to fall in total control of Western populations after the elimination of free speech. And by the way, just, I just want to interject really quickly here. A lot of people might, might be thinking when we mention central bank digital currencies, they might be thinking of Bitcoin. This is not Bitcoin, but it's kind of like Bitcoin. In essence, this would be governments creating their own Bitcoins, if you will, but it's backed up by its fiat money, if you will, but it's digital. It's digital. He says that CBDCs could be used for total control of Western populations after the elimination of free speech. First, he says, governments try to control what you can say. And we've, we've certainly seen our fair share of that. Um, you, you might have heard that Jordan Peterson, who has been so outspoken about forced speech, there's free speech and then there's forced speech. Being, he refused to uh, be forced to use uh, by the University of Toronto certain pronouns, certain words. He wouldn't use them. He has now been forced into kind of a, I guess you could say a re-education camp. It's not a camp or anything like that, but, or he'll have his license revoked as a psychologist. He will have his license revoked if he doesn't undergo media training. Of all, This guy has millions of media followers. I hope he somehow live streams this. This is going to be quite interesting. So he needs to be quote unquote re-educated. Anyways, back to Jason DeBolt here. He says, first governments try to control what you can say. 
Then they control what you can buy, or whether you can buy anything at all. Central bank digital currencies are one of the most terrifying tools that could soon be available to Western governments. They must be stopped. If central bank digital currencies were invented 300 years ago, do you think we'd all have the same rights that we enjoy today? No. All the freedom fighters of the past wouldn't have made it very far. They wouldn't be able to eat or survive. These quote unquote currencies are not currencies. They are weapons of control. They will make it impossible to hold our governments accountable. Any nonviolent actions taken against governments, protests, calling them out on social media, etc., could turn your bank balance to zero. Immediately crushing all dissent with never before seen levels of speed and efficiency. Now, you may think governments can already do this with bank accounts and credit cards, but these things are not nearly as easily discoverable and actionable as CBDC, central bank digital currencies, because of all of the intermediaries, the systems, and privacy laws involved with bank accounts and credit cards. It's no exaggeration to say. CBDC, central bank digital currencies, will eventually enslave entire populations. I can say with 100% certainty that they will if they aren't stopped. End of quote. Wow, that, that is straight fire from Jason DeBold. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with this, but I, I, would, I would really love your take on this. Now, what's interesting too is that in the comments, if you scroll through the comments, One person said, This has got to be what the book of Revelation is talking about in Revelation chapter 13, verse 17, with the mark of the beast. Nobody can buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Was John the Revelator writing about this? Well, not necessarily. And one of the things that I said about Revelation is that it's a certain type of literature, it's called apocalyptic literature. And you have to know sort of the, the coded language that's in there for you to understand it because people have. Used Revelation to create all kinds of fantastic theories and fantastic beasts. And there are fantastic beasts in Revelation. There are all of these beasts that come up out of the sea. What does that really mean? Revelation can be a very dangerous book in the hands of somebody who, who doesn't quite know what the interpretive rules are. You don't read a poem the same way you read a police report. And if your poems, your love poems, sound like police reports, you've got some work to do. On your love life. But having said that, this is apocalyptic literature. There's certain rules in that. Now, one of the things that we have to understand also about Revelation is that it meant something to its original readers. It's not like John the Revelator wrote this book about the 21st century AD.、Uh, he didn't have that in mind. Now, there can be some application to our time, and there certainly is application to our time, but it meant something in its original context to its original hearers. So, who is the beast? Who is the beast in Revelation? Well, we know that the number of the beast is the infamous 666. We see this in Revelation 13, verse 18. Now, the book that I、um, recommend highly on Revelation, if you want to kind of do a deep dive, it's very accessible. It's a book called Coming Soon by Dr. Michael Barber from the Augustine Institute. And、uh, he, he explains very well how that there's something called gematria that was used、um, in the ancient world. And The Romans, we know about Roman numerals, right? We've got Super Bowl, what is it, Super Bowl 58. So the Israelites also use the Hebrew alphabet for numbers as well. And when you take the name 
Nero Caesar. And you transliterate that into Hebrew and then look at the numerical value of the letters. It adds up to, you guessed it, 666. That is the number of the beast. So it is Nero Caesar. And by the way, as Barber explains in his book, here's some early evidence that, that Caesar is the guy here, Nero Caesar. There's some other ancient manuscripts of the book of Revelation that have been found. And instead of 666, it actually says 616. Now, why is that? You, you might think that's an, that's an error. That's a scribal error. Well, actually, it's because the Latin form of the name Nero Caesar, when you put that into Hebrew and then you add up the numbers, it's 616 when you use the Latin. So it's obvious that he's the guy here. Now, there are many beasts that rise up against the church throughout the centuries, and and there are many antichrists. Anybody who's against Christ is, is a sort of antichrist, and there will be, of course, one sort of ultimate antichrist figure uh, coming in, in, in the days to come. Who knows how close those days are? And people have speculated from the time of Christ when this is going to happen. Uh, I'm sure the early Christians thought it was going to happen in their lifetime. Wasn't the case. Um, whenever we die, that is the end of the world for us, but in terms of the last judgment, in terms of the return of Christ, the parousia, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. But Jesus did seem to indicate in the gospel that we might be able to tell the season. And it's there's always speculation there. It can be helpful at times if it helps us get our life back together, but sometimes it could be a huge rabbit trail. So at any rate, um, when it comes to the mark of the beast, this is what we're looking at in chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. And what's interesting about this and, and why this commenter online raised, maybe the central bank digital currency is the mark of the beast because it has something to do with buying and selling. Buying and selling. In fact, you can't buy and sell. Here's what it says, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can look it up, but this is Revelation chapter 13. I'm just going to read two, uh, three verses here, 16, 17, and 18. It causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let him who has understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Now, what's, what's intriguing about this is not only is this a reference to Nero, who, of course, unleashed a wicked persecution against the church in his time. And he had uh, the apostles Peter and Paul were martyred under his watch in Rome. Members of the Catholic Church were, were rounded up, uh, doused in oil, and lit on fire to light up Nero's garden parties. Um, and, of course, the famous account of him fiddling on the roof while the city burned a fire, he probably said himself. He was mad. He was evil. But this, this number 666 is also interesting in, in another way as well. Because on the sixth day, and this is an intriguing thing that Barbara points out, on the sixth day in the book of Genesis, God created the beasts. Talk about beasts. God created the beasts, and also Adam was created on the sixth day. And we know that humans are essentially, we, we've been called rational animals. We have a rational soul. We have an eternal soul, something the animals don't have. It's what makes us human. But there are sort of animalistic tendencies that we have. We've got to get beyond that. We've got to get to the seventh day, which is God's day, and, and recognize our destiny. So six, beast, they can both kind of represent the fallen state of humanity. Guess how tall Goliath was? Six cubits. Six cubits. Six is often used 
in connection with evil men. And Barber explains this in his book, uh, six cubits and a span tall, about over nine feet tall. He used a spear that weighed 600 shekels. Uh, here's another example from the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, the king of Babylon, set up this huge statue of himself and told everybody to worship it. It was 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. King Solomon, you say, hang on here. Solomon's a good guy. Solomon's a good guy, the son of David. Yeah, he was the wisest man who ever lived, surpassed, of course, by the wisdom of Christ. But guess what? He was corrupted. Even though he was very, very wise, he did some pretty dumb things. He allowed his heart to be corrupted by lust. He had hundreds of wives and concubines. They drew his heart away from the Lord, but also he was corrupted by his wealth because this is the only other place where the actual number 666 is used. This is in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14. It says that Solomon was able to amass 666 talents of gold in taxes. So this is part of his fall away from God. He, he, he went from being as Barbara explains, a type of Christ, to being kind of a type of an antichrist. And Jesus is doing, it's interesting, Solomon was the son of David. Jesus, when he appears on the scene, he is called the son of David. And he's doing stuff that Solomon used to do. By the way, Solomon was well known as an exorcist. And for his incredible wisdom, obviously, we know this, Jesus goes way beyond this. He doesn't need formulas from the other exorcists in Jesus' day used formulas allegedly from Solomon. Solomon wrote this down. Here's how it's done. You got to do this little incantation, use this aromatic stick, the barris root, uh, draw the demon out through the nose, get the person to sneeze. There we go. It's gone. No, he doesn't do any of that stuff. He, he just tells the demons, shut up and get out, and they go. And his wisdom far surpasses anything that anybody's ever seen. But here's where it comes back to the coins again as well, because remember that one of the most famous instances of the wisdom of Christ, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, render unto God what belongs to God. And everybody's like, Okay, mic drop. I, I can't compete with this. We just have to walk away. It's interesting, this whole idea of the mark. The mark. Because what is, in fact, the mark of the beast? Well, it probably has something to do with money. As Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch explain uh, in their commentary on Revelation, there were coins. And we know that in the, in the Roman Empire of the first century that the emperor was worshipped as a son of God. Now, of course, he's not the true son of God. Only Jesus is. But um, that's why the, the term son of God in reference to Christ really raised alarm bells with the Romans. There have been coins that were minted in Tyre. You've heard about Tyre and Sidon, of course. They, they come up in the Gospels. Coins that were minted in Tyre, used in Syria, Palestine, they were discontinued in the 50s, in the first century. So this is after the, you know Jesus' earthly ministry, in the, in, the, in the decade of the 50s, in the first century. And they eventually, you know, fell out of circulation. And then they minted some new coins in Antioch. And guess whose image was on it? Nero, 666, Nero Caesar. And so this, this might explain this whole bit about buying and selling. You, you can't buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. In other words, these coins that have his face on them. Because the, the Greek word for mark, the mark of the beast, that, that can mean an image that's struck on a coin. So to me, it's pretty obvious that, that the mark of the beast refers to Nero Caesar. Um, and so I think we have to be super careful in trying to apply it to things that we see in the modern world. Not that these things might be good things. They, they, there might be some huge drawbacks that we need to look into. But there's another side to this equation as well. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 914 9149 
Like what you've just heard, share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening. 